Welcome to STEM Four's podcast, Understanding Teen Minds, where we explore the world of teenage mental health, looking at everything from signs and symptoms to early intervention. STEM Four is a charity that promotes positive mental health in teenagers and those who support them. This includes their families and carers, education professionals, as well as school nurses and GPs. STEM Four's mission is to foster the development of good mental health in teenagers by enhancing early understanding and awareness, and providing mental health education and resilience strategies. Join us as we open up the conversation on young people's mental health. Hello, and welcome to STEM Four Podcasts. Thank you so much for joining me today. My name is Dr. Nahara Krause, and I'm the CEO and founder of STEM4, a teenage mental health charity based in London. I'm also a consultant clinical psychologist with many years of experience in a variety of mental health settings and a passion for improving the mental health of our young people. Hello, today I'm discussing some of the themes of a course that's been designed for STEM4 by my colleague, Dr. Richard Graham, consultant child and adolescent psychiatrist, and myself, Dr. Nahara Krause, consultant clinical psychologist. The course is for health and mental health professionals and youth workers, and is supported by Ofcom, the UK regulatory body for online communication. This course tackles the topic of media literacy and the circular relationship it has with mental health in the context of child and adolescent health. Part one is about providing an overview of what media literacy is and why it's important. Now, media literacy is a tricky word to define, but in a nutshell, media literacy allows people to have the skills, knowledge and understanding to make full use of the opportunities presented by both traditional and new communication services. So the traditional ones include film, radio, the press, videos, books, and the newer communications include social media and AI. Being media literate online is fundamental to how young people act as consumers, users, and digital citizens, because they need to understand the information that's presented to them and learn how to respond appropriately. Now, this understanding can be very difficult for children and young people because they've got a developing brain, which makes analysis of information difficult and the control they have over their emotions variable. They may experience a range of physical, mental and social challenges that don't always equip them with constantly evolving, sophisticated methods of marketing information. And then if you add mental health into the mix, for example, anxiety, that will then make an individual tune into that information in a very specific way. So if it's anxiety, they will listen to the signs of threat or danger. And it is easy to see how the messages received can get further misinterpreted. So let's start with information. Thanks to the power of communication techniques, especially the internet, we're able to share information as it happens throughout the world. Now that's pretty cool. 
in terms of distribution. And it's something that the old-fashioned style of news distribution, think newspapers, radio, TV, could never do. The difference, however, is that reporters who distributed news in those more regular channels abide by a professional code of conduct, which means they have to research the news, verify it's accurate, and only then broadcast it. But internet information sharing is different. Everyone has the opportunity to share information. There's free reign and no censorship. So people can be speculative, sensational, embellish information for dramatic effect, and just not bother to fact-check as a result. So therefore, not all information is trustworthy. But for a child or young person accessing that, they may not understand that. They may not provide that opportunity for them to try and see whether the information is correct or not. Stepping away a little bit from media literacy, what we also want to say is that the internet provides a voice to anyone who's able to own a device or access one. Now, whilst it's almost impossible to imagine a life without a smartphone, it's important to keep in mind that there is a digital divide and that digital exclusion increases inequalities. For example, according to the Good Things Foundation, Twice as many non-users are likely to have a disability or health condition. Limited users are five times more likely to be from low-income households. And, this may be surprising to some of you, those who are over 65 years are 12 times more likely to not use a device. So standing back from that, this has significant impact on a variety of different ways on the well-being of people. Not only may young people not be able to carry out educational activities, for example, but they will also not be able to access health or other essential information as some of those important factors. So this is something fundamental we need to keep in mind. We can't provide media literacy if people do not have access to a device or data in the first place. And as a supporter of children and young people's health and well-being, there are many services that can be accessed. And these include the National Digital Inclusion Network and the National Data Bank. Social tariffs are also worth investigating, as well as local authority programmes. Given digital inclusion increases inequalities, it's also important to always be sensitive to such issues. Handle discussions around digital use sensitively and take proactive steps in supporting parity. So moving back to mental health and media literacy, first of all, if we explore what mental health is, mental health is a state of well-being. It enables people to cope with the stresses of life, to realise their ability to learn well and to make healthy choices. So absolutely invaluable. And since mental health and physical health lie on a spectrum affected by a range of different factors, individuals need psychological resources within themselves to help them negotiate the challenges they face and build a bank of resilience tools. 
and this is never more so in the field of children and young people's mental health. So mental health literacy is such a resilience tool, since it assumes that young people who have accurate mental health information will have less stigmatized views, will be able to learn, and will be able to seek help early. What's really important, however, is the developmental level of a child or young person, because how they understand information and deal with emotions these may raise must also be considered. So, for example, the impact of a certain piece of information will vary based on whether you're 5, 15 or 25. So, in summary, the factors we need to consider when discussing media literacy and mental health are, first, the amount, the speed of, and the subjectivity of information that is readily accessible to all people across the world without exception, and that there is no filtering of information that might be suitable for children and young people. It's all uncensored. The second, that children and young people will not have the cognitive or emotional brain development to always deal with such a huge amount of information. And thirdly, that the mental health of a person will dictate what information they interact with. Hope you found today's episode helpful. If you did, then please do leave us a great review wherever you get your podcasts. If you'd like more information, you can find a wealth of resources on our website at stem4.org.uk. And you can also follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook and LinkedIn at stem4.org. Links to our website and our five free apps designed specifically for young people can be found in podcast description. I hope you'll join us for our next episode. Until then, keep well. Goodbye. Goodbye.